Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 706 of the Juicebox podcast. Today is going to be the second installment of the Bold Beginning series. While you're listening to this episode, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please consider going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox to take the survey. The T1D Exchange survey benefits people living with type 1 diabetes It's incredibly easy to do and will take you fewer than 10 minutes. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Also today, you're going to hear Jenny Smith. Jenny is a CDE. She has had type 1 diabetes for over 30 years, and she works at integrateddiabetes.com if you're interested in learning more about what she does. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. InPen is an insulin pen that talks to an application on your smartphone and gives you much of the functionality that you will get from an insulin pump. InPenToday.com. Today's show is also being sponsored by Touched by Type 1. I need you to go to touchedbytype1.org. When you get there, go to the Programs tab click on annual conference and get your free tickets for the 2022 touched by type one annual conference, which will be held on August 27th in Orlando, Florida. I think last I heard I'm going to be speaking, I think in three or four different sessions there. So come on out. Let's talk about some diabetes touched by type one.org. So Jenny, here are the questions that adults asked in the Facebook group. Um, and th- is, here's a statement. This one says that newly diagnosed adults are often treated as type twos for a while. Then we get tested and learn why nothing ever quite worked. Um, I think a lot of should be more widely known about. So if you're diagnosed as an adult, I mean, f- fair, fair is fair. What I hear from most people is, and it's, it, it's wrong, but mm-hmm. doctors look at them and if they look like they're reasonably in shape and fit, they think they have type one. And if they look like they're not, they think they have type two. And it's very common to be to be stuck into a category without anybody. Correct. Yeah. And that's in a, I mean, what you just said is also in an environment with doctors who really are thinking type one, thin, normal size looks, you know, mm-hmm. like they maybe are an athlete or something like that. I'll actually say, I mean, I've got a number of people that I've worked with over the years that are athletes. Like I've worked with a couple endurance athletes who were initially misdiagnosed in the emergency department as type two and sent home with completely a lack of information and a prescription for oral meds that were not going to do anything for them. Yeah. 
Yeah, you'd be surprised how many people I've spoken to who are dismissed at their diagnosis. Because yes. even the, the very next statement here on, in our questions is, when I was first diagnosed as an adult, I couldn't get into C and endo for a while because I wasn't quote unquote critical and I wasn't hospitalized for DKA. Um, and one of their first questions was, how do you even know I'm a type one? And, right. you know, nobody does antibody testing right away for you. And and this person says, I just wish I would have known to ask for a C-peptide test when this was starting. Um, it is not uncommon at all. Handful of metformin, get home, take these, come see us in a month, let us know how you're doing. Except you don't have type 2 diabetes. You have type 1 diabetes. And that's right. not going to help you. So, and then you are in a real, uh, you're at a risk then, a significant you are. risk. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that the issue there too is adults, we are, we are very misinformed when it comes to our education system. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, right. We just, we really are in terms of many health conditions, but diabetes included, there's still a lot of really good misinformation out there about diabetes. And so as adults, if you have all these symptoms and you have no knowledge of diabetes, no personal history from family member or friend or anything, you may go to the doctors because you don't feel very good eventually. And then you get diagnosed where you're told you're type two diabetes. Well, maybe you don't even know there's type one diabetes, or you don't even know that you should ask to say, well, gosh, this doesn't seem to be what I, you know, what, what I would fit into for a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, I think so I think, Teaching is important. Yeah, it's important to know that you can be thin and lean and healthy and have type 1 or type 2 diabetes. Correct. Right. I mean, and there's just so many in here. Like, I was diagnosed a month ago at age 55, a week after my birthday. How is that possible? No one in my family has this. I was 50. My first question was, what the, this person's, you know, obviously shocked. And then the next thing I want to get to, which I think is super important is, and I won't read the whole thing, but diagnosed at 47 years old, full-time job, fast-paced lifestyle, um, and they can't get started, really. They don't know anybody that has diabetes. They're busy. They get up. They go to work. They're counting. They're, they're, I mean, people end up being hopeful, right? Like this person probably lived their whole life. You get sick. Someone gives you medication. You take two a day for seven days. You feel better. That's that. Right. That's what you expect when this happens. And then when that's not the case, they say, look, it's almost five years later. I still struggle with my basal, with my pre-bolus times. This person doesn't know what they're doing. And so- and I think a big thing of it goes a little further than not necessarily knowing what they're doing. One, I've found definitely di adults diagnosed with type one and absolutely with type two, too, are very poorly educated from the beginning mm -hmm. in terms of what to do. But along with that is they've already had a life and a schedule and a structure to that life, adding in something that they haven't been given the right information many times from the get-go. And now they have to disrupt a lot to learn how to fit this in to what their schedule was. Yeah. Whereas kids are, they're different. I'm not saying that it's not difficult, but it's different because who's helping the child? Right. It, because when you're diagnosed as an adult, it's on you. It's on you. And when you're di when a child's diagnosed, some person, I mean, hopefully, right, a, a, a caregiver, 
basically stops the rest of their life to figure this thing out because the diabetes is really a newborn baby all of a sudden. Correct. It can't help itself. It, it, you don't know what you're doing yet, and it's a it's a very slow process and a scary process and and a process where you feel like you're about to drop the baby every five seconds, and so right. you know you just sit on the sofa. Um, but you know it, it's funny to piggyback onto what you just said. In the next question, somebody said that they got a ton of good they got a ton of information in their education at the hospital, but none of it's happening in their real life. Yeah. So what they every they felt like they left completely prepared. Which is great to hear. That's, yay. I, I, yay for whoever educated you. <laughs> yeah. And then there you go. You show up at home and it there's nothing there. The person actually said I had to start listening to the podcast and reading posts in the Facebook group, but that they still feel out of control. Um, yes. You know, please do a, a show for older diagnosed people. Uh, different issues like work pressure, schedules, exercise cycles, uh, evening events, et cetera, et cetera, all these things. And it, it, it's very, look, it's very true. I mean, Jenny, you know, like if my daughter runs on a schedule, I can run her blood sugar like it's nothing. But if you start throwing in a bunch of different problems, yes. you know, and, and and variables like this, adult issues, it changes. And I, I never you know, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say you're ab- you're absolutely right. Adult issues are your own to manage to begin with. Mm -hmm. And many, thankfully, there are a good number of people who have a very supportive, significant other spouse or a really good friend that, you know, gives them some support or help. I think one of the, not everybody has this option, but I've had a couple of people who've actually, after diagnosis, they actually decided to, to do the best they could for themselves to really get an idea. They took one or two weeks off of work oh, I think and they said, to. I am, yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to really nail understanding this as much as I can. And then I'm going to add this other variable back into the picture. I'm going to add work back. Now I'm going to add exercise back. It's, but there are a lot of adults who don't have that option. Sure. You don't have the time you can take off. So you have to do diabetes along with what was already in your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, adds a layer. I mean, I can say as, as somebody who'd had a lo- diabetes a long time before I had kids, adding kids into the picture has added a layer to my management that is very different than I did before. Yeah. I saw a woman walk out of an elevator yesterday with a Libre on her arm and she was lugging a baby and had a four-year-old behind her. And yep. I thought, oh, that's different than just walking off the elevator. It <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um you know, so there's this this next person said, this is very interesting because I brought it up in the honeymoon episode uh, for newly diagnosed, but this person says, I thought I was doomed. I was in denial and I spent days researching articles about potential cures, uh, cures, excuse me, supplements to prevent disease progression and everything. So they fell down a rabbit hole Then they said they went into a depression, hopelessness, and on top of all that, blood sugars all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Let me keep reading. I kept calling my doctor when numbers didn't make sense, and they repeatedly told me it's okay if you're 180 to 200 for a few hours after you eat. You're not damaging yourself unless this occurs for long term. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes, and I would like to tell you a little bit about it. The InPen is an insulin pen, but it's not just an insulin pen. Yes, it has a cap. And yes, it has a needle. 
and a cartridge and a little window where you can see how much you're dosing, a little knob you twist at the end and a button you push. It's an insulin pen, right? Just like you expect. But here's the stuff you don't expect. How about an app on your cell phone that shows you reports, easily shareable reports with data that is generated for up to 90 days. InPen can do that because it's connected to that app by Bluetooth. The InPen app is also going to give you an activity log so you can see a list of recent actions, including doses, meals, and glucose readings. Your active insulin remaining is right there on the screen with that InPen app. See how much insulin is still working in your body. And InPen has a dosing calculator to help you take the guesswork out of dosing your insulin. The app uses your glucose levels and a carbohydrate estimate to recommend the dose that's right for you. That sounds like a thing you get with an insulin pump. It even considers the amount of insulin that's still working in your body to help you avoid lows. InPenToday.com forward slash juice box. Want a digital logbook? InPen has that. Want carb counting support? Oh, well, the InPen app can help you estimate carbs based on your meal size. There's also a fixed dose option that allows you to choose the same carb amount for a specific meal each day. Seems too good to be true? It isn't. InPenToday.com forward slash juice box. Head over there now. Get started today. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to the InPen and all of the sponsors of the Juicebox podcast, including Touched by Type 1, whose annual event is coming up in Orlando on August 27th. And the tickets are free. Did you hear that at the beginning of the show? Don't forget, touchedbytype1.org. InPen requires a prescription and settings from your healthcare provider. You must use proper settings and follow the instructions as directed where you could experience high or low glucose levels. For more safety information, visit InPenToday.com. Right, but how do you stop it now? Like if yeah. it's occurring and it's damaging long-term, well, then tell me what I should do so I can stop it from happening long-term. Yeah, doesn't like, it right? feel like it's like, doesn't it feel like they're like, well, you could do a little meth, you'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but that leads to a meth problem, right? Right, And and that and it really is the same thing. Like I didn't, I'm it sorry, is. it's such an odd, I'm, I, if anybody has a meth problem, I'm so sorry. But like, I mean, it's just like, it, that's how it seems to me. It's just like, absolutely. hey, it, it's okay, don't worry about it. But it's okay, don't worry about it. We have so many episodes where people say, Listen, they told me it was okay if I was up to 180, and then one day it was 190, and I thought, well, that's only 10 more than 180, and then 200 was only 20 more, and then 250 was only 50 more than 200, and I was okay with 200, and before you know it, blah, 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 blah. Right. And it's not, and it doesn't help you in this moment when here you are in your house, hopeless, alone, feeling depressed, unable to manage diabetes. Um, I think the one of the, I, you know, I'll tell you, Jenny, I don't know if I would have said this five years ago, but having that Facebook page really teaches me, like, you have to go find other people because yes. for a little while, you need to know that other people live with this and they do a good job because that- I was going to yeah. say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I hope yeah. it's incredibly important. Um, and I'm not saying you got to go to some like type one retreat with people or something like that. I mean, if you want to, you can, but, but just knowing it, I, I, um, I interviewed a girl this morning. Let's see if I can tell this really quickly. Last year, I interviewed a girl from Canada who was allergic to insulin. Ah, uh, yeah. Figured it out. Uh, a doctor in Texas, 
heard the podcast. She had a patient who was going through something similar. The doctor called me. I put the doctor in touch with the person from Canada. Conversations went back and forth. Long story short, the girl in Texas started using a Frezza, and she's doing much better now. Yeah. During the conversation that I just had with her, the girl from Texas, which is in the podcast somewhere, like, go find it. I think it's called Allergic to Insulin Part 3. Um, sorry. The, no, no, don't my, be sorry. That's my alert that I should have turned off for <laughs> going to pick my child up from the bus stop, which is not my job this afternoon. That kid can wait, Jenny. We're making a podcast, okay? <laughs> he can wait. <laughs> just tell him to stand there a little longer. He'll be fine. Um <laughs> But in the course of interviewing this girl from Texas, the mother spoke about how this is such a rare thing, but that she found a Facebook group with seven people in it who are allergic to insulin, and it was everything to her. Yeah. Everything to find those other people, right? And I just think that it, it's not, for some people, it is not going to be intuitive to go look for other strangers and find comfort in them. But I am telling you, I've been doing this a long time and not nearly as long as Jenny has been. And it's incredibly important. No, I yeah. ent- I would in- 100% agree with that. I would include um, for adults specifically too, don't be afraid to reach out for some type of mental health support mm-hmm. too. Um, there's a lot that you have to navigate and it really helps to have somebody to even maybe help you get some structure or an idea of how to restructure things. Um, I, as an adult, as you said, from a touch point, I, I did not have diabetes friends really until I was an adult. I didn't. Um, I had the people that I got to work with on a clinical basis. Um, but I really didn't have anybody I connected with until I went to a diabetes like athletic training camp. Right. And you met people there and I met people. It was, it was like diabetes Disney world to Mm -hmm. me. Everybody was beeping and buzzing and complaining about blood sugars and how are you going to adjust before the five mile run we're going to go on? I mean, it was, I smiled the whole time that I was there (laughs) because it was exciting to connect. And as, as crazy as this might sound, I know this is a weird statement, but for you personally, if everyone in the world had type one diabetes, that would be better for you. You'd. Yeah. Right. I mean, the whole, the whole world would just, it would just understand. It wouldn't be a, Oh, well, you know, I'm going to bring that special dessert for you because you have <laughs> diabetes kind of like the weird comments that you end up getting, right? right. No, just I, you you don't understand. So sometimes that is even off-putting for you as an adult to try to explain to somebody because there's so much missing that you can't explain in just 5 minutes of why you could actually eat the regular dessert if you so wanted you don't to. Bother. You just don't bother. And, and then you're by yourself. Yeah. And then you're by yourself. Right. And well, yeah. listen, I only have the context of a parent, but I can tell you that when your child's diagnosed, you have no recourse. You're not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dropping her in a, in a basket and leaving right. her at a fire station. She's my kid. I'm going to figure this out. Right. <laughs> She's and not so, Moses. You're not going to let her go down the street yeah, with her basket. Her. <laughs> I did you know, I, you know, I'm not very religious, Jenny, so I don't know that whole thing, but it did pop into my head about, should I say, should I, say I didn't float her down a stream, but I couldn't remember the whole parable. Uh, anyway, um, the 
it slowly you understand it and you don't you don't you give yourself over to it it's a life change as much as you won't want it to be at first and and you may do a really good job of giving diabetes a lower impact on your life but it's going to have one and the only like the only thing i can say is you know when you get a bad cold and for 3 days you just the world understands you're going to lay down you're going to be sick and nobody's going to hear from you and you find a way to make that time you do that when you're the parent of a child you go okay well we're you know, I, as an example, we were in the we had just renovated a portion of our home when Arden was diagnosed. We'd done it and we had it broken into two phases. For five years, while I learned about diabetes, my children had to jump out the front door because I didn't have steps. <laughs> and that is one of oh, the that's things. Great. Yes, that is one of the things I put on the back burner while we were figuring out diabetes for Arden. And but when you're going to be an adult, and this is going to happen to you there's no one there. I mean, maybe you'll have a spouse if you're lucky, right? But you'll be surprised at how many adults I see who try not to share their diabetes with spouses, which Mm -hmm. is a personal decision, you know? So you're going to have to say to yourself, I got to look at this 24-hour clock, at this seven-day calendar, at this 30-day month, and find some time in here to just learn about this and find a way to incorporate it. Because unlike a bad cold, it's not going away, but it will get you know, if I if I had something hopeful to say, I would say that diabetes doesn't get easy, but sometimes you get so good at it that it can feel easy some days. And right. those days sometimes grow into weeks where you just go, huh, right. this was all right, you know. Um, right. You're going to have to make that time in your life. You can't just put your head down and run through it because it's not going to work that way. And you can start. I mean, from an adult perspective of a major change to your structure or your day schedule, even if you just start with a basic of, okay, I've been given this medicine called insulin and I was told to take it here and here. If that's where you start, then that's, that's it. Just take what you were told to take. And then moving on, you can kind of build on that, Uh, especially if you've got technology. I would say that's another big one that adults should definitely ask about. I know parents are definitely the ones to beat down, knock down, camp outside the doctor's office until they get the products and the technology that they want. Mm -hmm. Adults do the same thing. Yeah. Ask for a CGM right away on diagnosis, you know, ask for a pump um, and or start the discussion sooner than later, depending on, you know, what you think you can handle. Yeah, to to use a phrase from the podcast or something else, you should dictate the pace. Don't yes. don't let a doctor say, hey, we'll look at it in three months. Be like, no, no, let's do it now. Y- right. You know, I want to get an insulin pump. Let's start that right now. I don't want to talk right. about it three months from now. You know, uh, the other thing is, too, is, you know, we tell people all the time, you might get a clunker of a doctor. Don't (laughs) don't don't suffer with it if that happens. Right. And and it's you know, I I have a note here to myself that children get treated better than adults do in medical situations. And it's because in my mind, it's a business. And if and if I see you treating my kid poorly, I don't want to come back here. So everyone's very nice and accommodating. It's how kids get treated. Adults do not get treated that way. And by the way, if you are if your husband's a doctor or your wife's a doctor or you're a nurse, even if you're like, you know, an OB nurse and know nothing about diabetes, your doctor's going to assume you know all about it. Yes. And not tell you anything because you're going to think, oh, they're a nurse. They know. 
And we know mm-hmm. that's not true too. So in fact, in, in hiring my own endo or endos, you know, in over the past years as an adult on my own, I think since I've been in the profession of diabetes education, I've had more doctors who seem, they seem almost standoffish, kind of scared to suggest and or talk about things. I'm usually the one to bring up the questions or, hey, look at this. I'm thinking about this. What do you think about this? And I don't, I don't want that. I'm paying you to help me. <laughs> I don't want you just so you can write my prescriptions for me. <laughs> Jenny, I still need help. <laughs> I'm just a guy with a podcast. And every once in a while, I get that. I get the like, well, what do you think? I'm like, eh, you saw what I think. Like, this, right. this is the best I can do. What do you think? You, you, right. you know, I'd love to hear what you think. Um, right. Let's collaborate a little bit. I, it's it's not undoable. Um, no. And I would, I'd want to. I'd want to finish this up by saying that I have interviewed dozens of people diagnosed in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, and their 60s, and they're doing well. It's mm-hmm. so possible to do. I would, I mean, listen, I'm biased. I'd find Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes, the private Facebook group, and just lurk around and watch people talk. You can learn a lot that way. If you have a question, great. If not, just sit back and watch. And the the pro tip series from the podcast. It begins at episode 210 with an episode called newly diagnosed or starting over. I think if you listen to the pro tip series that Jenny and I put together, it's absolutely free. Um, I think you could get your A1C into the sixes pretty comfortably. Mm-hmm. So and if you need any help, find me and ask, and I will absolutely ask. And if you're really, really lost, Jenny works at a place called Integrated Diabetes, and it's at integrateddiabetes.com. So you could. Thanks. Yeah. I was actually going to bring in the the fact that you've got a really wonderful list of endocrinologists, and I think there are even some diabetes educators within the list on the website, on your website, right? Juiceboxdocs.com. Docs.com. Yeah. yeah. There you go. D-O-C-S. It's a, a list that's curated by the people who listen to the podcast. Um, who say that my doctor's cool with how I manage. I manage through, you know, the, what I've heard on the podcast and, and you know, so other people can find them. And you have some pretty good connections in a good majority of the states and bigger cities kind that, of around. The list is getting so, bigger and bigger. It's not, it's it not, is. it's not, not worth your time to go check it out. You might find right. something near you for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right, Jenny. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank hey, you. Real quick. When'd you get a dog? Oh, we've had a dog a long time. How I, not, I thought you have cats. Oh, well, we have a zoo. We have two kids. We've got a chocolate lab who's like 85 pounds. We've got two fish. We've got two cats. <laughs> I'm still we recording, got... by the way, but I did not know you had a dog. <laughs> oh, yes. We've got more hair like floating around. <laughs> that, that dog barked and I went, what the hell is Jenny dog sitting? I've never heard a dog bark in all the time I've talked. He's, to I know usually. In fact, I've heard your dogs bark. Right. before um and i'm i am surprised that in all the years he has not ever barked i swear to you i thought you were dog sitting when that happened i was like that although can't be true we often we most often do these more in the morning and usually if we're getting deliveries which i expect probably something came and somebody knocked on the door that they usually sense. come in the afternoon so that could be why today you and i almost never do this in the afternoon actually no, so not ever yeah, this is a big deal sorry well it's a it's a, a holiday weekend so i hope you have a great time thank you
New episodes of the Bold Beginning series will come out every Friday. Thank you so much to InPen from Medtronic Diabetes for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Please remember to head over to InPenToday.com if you'd like to learn more about that insulin pen that talks to that app through Bluetooth. I'd like to remind you again about Touched by Type 1. It's touchedbytype1.org. Of course, Jenny Smith works at IntegratedDiabetes.com and Bold Beginnings episodes and all of the episodes of the Juicebox Podcast are available at JuiceboxPodcast.com and in any one of your favorite audio apps like Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and stuff like that. If you need a list of apps that are free to use, by the way, I also have those at JuiceboxPodcast.com where you can head over to the private Facebook page for the Juicebox Podcast. It's called Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. There are links there to all the series, tons of questions and answers from people living with diabetes, and links to audio players. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit subscribe or follow in whatever audio player you're using right now. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.